and hello yes hello and welcome to the final seminar of PaizoCon online 2021 uh this is the wrap-up panel with no direction and i'll be the de facto host my name is aaron shanks i'm paizo's marketing and media manager you saw me at the beginning of the con and uh, now here i am to to bookend the convention. Let me go ahead and introduce my my guests. We have Ryan, Param, right, John, Ryan Costello, Ryan. Director of Logistics at No Direction. I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I am the Director of Production over at No Direction. And I'm John Godek. I am a podcaster over at No Direction. And You're board a member. <laughs> we have titles, John. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I don't have a title though. Well, welcome all three of you. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, we've had four of you from No Direction be our our hosts this this long weekend, and I thank you for doing an excellent job, and thank you for being here. Uh, and and I just wanted to spend some time, take a deep breath. Think about everything we've experienced in the last uh, in the last three days, and talk about the highlights. Uh, okay, envision that you missed the con, that you're in, you've discovered this video on YouTube, and you're looking for uh, where to go next and what to tune into. What are the? I'd like to check in with each of you about the Twitch highlights uh, that you experienced in the in the last three days. Uh, both Pathfinder, Starfinder, or maybe some of the other products that we talked about, and uh, and then go from there. Um, and if we need to, we we can go day by day, paddle by paddle. I have that in front of me, but I thought I'd just get your first impressions about what really stuck out to you. Uh, Ryan, can I start with you about Pathfinder or Starfinder? What really stuck out to you uh, in these last few days? Oh, well, I was going to say the keynote address really stuck out to me, the very first seminar after our first uh, pre-show. And that's because traditionally that one slot is for welcoming people physically to PaizoCon and telling them how to navigate the hotel, where to get food all around the block. Like we've even had people ask, why did you release this seminar? It's really only for the people that are there. So that yeah. is not what this year's keynote address was. This year's keynote address was the banquet but front-loaded right mm -hmm. at the beginning of PaizoCon. So every announcement, everything to be excited about, not including some spoilers from uh, the various uh, other seminars, but like the big news all came out in that keynote address. So if you are looking for a place to start, start there. That is the context for everything that was exciting at PaizoCon Online 2021. Indeed. Okay, let's switch to you, Param. What, if, if you can't choose the, the keynote, Where's the uh, next place you point people to? <laughs> uh, the the Mwangi panels, especially if you the panel and then the interview after it, uh, really kind of dives into why uh, uh, the Mwangi Expanse book and the uh, Strength of Thousands is something to get really hyped for. Also, you want to know about Spider Mom uh, because Spider Mom <laughs> is the best. Bug Mom um, and uh, yes, Bug Mom, but. Yeah, I guess bug is okay, but it's it's not insect mom. So yeah, bug mom, uh, and and the twins, and also you know the if you can watch the video on that one, uh, if you do have to uh, watch 
only a few of them in video form and the rest you're uh you know you're you're cruising uh, to our audio track versions but this is definitely one to hit the video form because the art for Mwangi is some of the best art Paizo has put out and they are featured heavily in that and i think that's super important because uh the Mwangi area uh, really is a type of uh, fantasy role-playing game that we haven't seen a ton before. And this, the panel, the art, the interview afterwards really sells why you really need to try it out. Thank you, sir. Wongi Expanse. Yes, the hardcover is coming out. Let me dive quick. I believe... July 7th. I think it's Ju- July 7th. Yeah, thank you. You're on top of it. I appreciate you. Uh, John, um, What now you, you tend to lean towards our, our Starfinder side of things, but you get to choose I Pathfinder, do. Starfinder. What do you, what do you think is most, the most important uh, or most exciting an announcement that you experienced this weekend? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I am, I'm big time into Starfinder, and I was actually really, really excited about the Pathfinder Q&A that just preceded this because of all the guns and gear spoilers that were being forced upon the audience. I think that uh, (laughs) if you're a Pathfinder fan, that would be something I would want to get into right away because it looks really super, super exciting. And Jason Bowman just kept pressing for more and more spoilers. And I think people will really appreciate that. Yeah, I bet they will. Yeah, Jason... Jason and the you get Jason and the design team together and and when they're there and ready to talk about a book that's already gone off to the printer <laughs> the gloves come off you know they're they're ready to talk about uh, to start to unveiling things so it's exciting I don't watch. think they limited themselves to just the ones that were gone off to the printer because they dropped skeleton <laughs> no, ancestry <they> <laughs> down real early <laughs> it's true they were really giving hints for, for for a hardcover that won't come out until next year specifically they were talking about the book of the dead um, which I guess is a great segue way for me to just look at my look about my list of the major announcements of the convention um certainly uh, we talked about all the details of the already announced products um the the hardcovers the adventure paths um the standalone adventures um of of both Pathfinder and Starfinder, the Galaxy Ex- uh, the Starfinder Galaxy Exploration Manual, the Horizons of the Vast Adventure Path, Junker's Delights, the uh, the, the upcoming, mm-hmm. the first ever Starfinder standalone, um, Liberation of Locus One, which is the going to be the standalone Starfinder standalone adventure that follows it, um, Secrets of Magic, that hardcover, Guns and Gears, both of those Pathfinder, and then the Mwangi Expanse Adventure Path. Pardon me, the Mwangi Expanse hardcover, the Strength of Thousands adventure mm-hmm. path, not in, and not in order, the Fists of the Ruby Phoenix adventure path, which uh, it has yet to be fully released. So we mostly we spent a lot of time this weekend diving deep into all of those products. But we did announce new products, and that was uh, the Pathfinder Book of the Dead, which will be coming out uh, in the first quarter of 2021. And a new uh, a new board game called the Goblin Firework Party Game. Actually, mm-hmm. it's not a board game; it's a party game. Uh, I think that. Uh, any thoughts about uh, those? Well, no. Let me finish my list. So, the Pathfinder Book of the Dead, the Goblin mm-hmm. Fire Firework Fight Party Game, mm-hmm. the Quest for the Frozen Flame 
Pathfinder Adventure Path. And then, of course, the Kingmaker is now scheduled, the, the Kingmaker hardcover set is now scheduled for April 2022. So those are sort of our, our big bullet points of the show. Um, um, Horizons my... of the Vast. Kingmaker mm-hmm. in space! I think, I think while that's been an announced product, the panel really went into detail about what it's going to be and how it's going to work and how it relates to the hardcover Galaxy Exploration Manual. Any takeaways you that you want to share there? Um, John, <laughs> did you catch those or Param? Uh, <laughs> Any takeaways? So There's I'm... a thousand things that we could be talking about. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So so John. I was able to, to catch the... Um... Uh, Jason Keeley's uh, talk about Junkers Delight, and that's that really excited me. That and and actually also the liberation of, of Locus One, you know, kind of these new uh, adventure standalone adventures that they're doing for Starfinder. They'll bring you through several levels, and the thing I really liked about them, in in addition to introducing, you know, some new archetypes and kind of new NPCs, new spells and things, is that it's a longer adventure for players to get into. So normally when you get into an AP, each book is kind of written by a different author and it takes a different flavor. Here we're going through a a larger adventure, all kind of with the same theme, the same flavor to bring you through. And and that's something I'm really excited to get into. I think people have been looking forward to that for a long time from Starfinder. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of really hyped for uh the book of the dead for a couple of reasons um one and and ryan knows this one of my favorite uh pre-pathfinder uh d20 era books was ghost walk and uh it was definitely the book i used longest from the pre-pathfinder era in my pathfinder first edition games because as pathfinder kept releasing more and more content i needed to rely less and less on legacy content that was compatible um, and but there never was this whole what's it like to play as the the dead the ghosties the skeletons the the zombie men's uh, before or that was released for Pathfinder and so now that Book of the Dead is confirmed that that's going to be part of it as well as a whole ton of lore they even said that uh, um, Geb's going to be writing some some part of that book so hey in character notes from. Uh, very nasty dead people uh you're definitely going to have that and of course this is kind of the first hint besides uh, monsters of myth of what a post bestiary world looks like because you know Pazo does great monster books uh, they're very very good monster books and uh, i was you know everybody got a little worried when they said wait last bestiary uh, but most importantly, I'm really looking forward to seeing what playing the undead might be like in the Pathfinder game, because that is something that just never really got fully realized in first edition at all. Right. Second edition has already sort of laid the groundwork with with uh, sorcery bloodlines that are undead related, um, <laughs> versatile heritages that are, you know, the Dampier. I mean, there's all sorts of like little step towards undeath uh, that already exists. So it's fascinating to to know that there'll be a, a spectrum uh, that you can play between uh, alive and 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 and, and uh, not fully dead. Uh, <laughs> I think that'll be really interesting to explore. So one of my big takeaways was seeing what this yeah. post-core Pathfinder 2nd Edition is going to look like. 
And I know when we just had you on the podcast, I was even kind of joking about how when the APG came out, the idea was, well, that's it. That's the core. And then the SGA3 came out and then we started hearing, now that's the core. It's like, all right, well, and how many more new books are going to come out? And then that's the core. That's the core. But no, we finally see Secrets of Magic feels like an event book. It's not like anything we've seen for either edition before. It feels like a lot of special care is being made to make sure that it stands out. It's got a lot of just fun, unique features and incorporates lore in really interesting ways. And then Book of the Dead also feels like that in different ways. And I know Guns and Gears is probably a little more typical, but when we finally see Guns and Gears, I have a feeling it's also going to be standing out and that there's no one format for what a hardcover for Pathfinder 2nd Edition is going to look like anymore, that every single book there's going to be a curiosity about what is this book? What is specifically going to go into it to make sure it is everything it could be to cover that subject. Yeah, there are three hard, there are six hardcovers now, the, the core rule book, the advanced players guide, the game mastery guide, and the three bestiaries. Those six hardcovers are like the default full Pathfinder experience. Um, so that if you have those, you should be able to play, I think, any adventure path and really get, you know, the, it's, it's the, it's the, the traditional, it's right? the conventional, yeah, it's all the default assumptions, but Secrets of Magic, Guns and Gears, you know, these are definitely adding things that, well, GMs get to consider these things about whether or not they want to add them to their game. They're definitely, I've heard the design team describe it as, you know, we've got our core, Turns out, first, you're right, Ryan, it was like four table legs, and now it's like six legs, but, but there it is. And uh, and uh, and now we're spiraling outward. We're, we're de- evolving, we're developing concepts that are a little bit more on the edge. But I think it's too soon to call them fringe, because, I mean, some of these things are, are concepts and classes and, and, um, and features that Pathfinder players are used to and definitely want, you know, but there are... The, the design team has has built um, a rarity system in, into things so that GMs and players can decide what it is they, they really want to, to join in on. So that's really exciting to see. And where they go from here, I don't know. <laughs> They're smart enough not to tell me everything, right? <laughs> um, now, of the uh, list of things you announced, there was one thing that basically the announcement was all we got about it was the Goblin Firework Fight Party Game. And that's kind of, I've heard rumors about this for several years, and Eric even confirmed that the company came to them several years ago with the idea initially. And I was expecting at some point we would find out more about it, but it really was like, this is a game that will exist. And it'll be a fun party game involving goblins that have, uh, they're having like a pillow fight, but their pillows are explosives. I mean, when you're right. When it was first announced, I was like, do you remember those like paper goblin masks you used to give out at Gen Con? I thought it was literally just going to be a box of those and some Roman candles. (laughs) That would be, that would be a game. Uh... Could be an insurance nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We'd get to sell one of those. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's a product that we will get to explore in the future. It's not something we had any panels planned on to, to discuss. We need to, uh, you know, circle back to the, to the company that, uh, is behind it and, uh, and, and be able to tell people more about it. I think that was, that's one of those things that Eric had, Eric and Jason Bullman, 
uh, and uh, Mark Borland, our director of brand strategy, have been they've known about it for years. They've been wanting to produce it for years. It's, it's not new, but um, it's not necessarily anything that um, has, it, it's not an RPG game. So the rest of the, the company is not necessarily involved in it. Um, the creative team, uh, those of us in marketing, um, it'll be, it'll be something that we all get to explore together. And I think it's, it looks really fun. I can see why everyone's really enthusiastic about uh, bringing it to market, but you're right. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mystery box still. And so that will be fun to unpack as the week in the, the weeks and the months ahead. Um, so we've covered a lot of Pathfinder, but Starfinder hasn't really gotten a lot of spotlight. Yeah, I will throw out there, you know, I was having chats with people uh, in, in Twitch on chat and, and talking about um, some of the things that are coming out that haven't really been mentioned are thing are things like um, flip mats, flip tiles, and uh, accessories for for Starfinder. There are still things ahead that for the the deep fan might be really exciting. Like we've got battle the, cards. Um, yeah, the spell cards. The, um, the the Starfinder spell cards are currently scheduled for December, and there are some Alien Archive 1 and 2 battle cards for mm -hmm. September, uh, as right. well as all sorts of flip mats. And those aren't the sorts of sexy things that um, Eric Mona might normally put into a keynote, but um, it's really exciting, I think, to see how something like the battle cards and the spell cards that have been shown to be a success in Pathfinder are now starting mm -hmm. to uh, be integrated into the Starfinder line from Pathfinder to Starfinder. Right. So yeah. um, those are ahead. So I just want to clarify when I said we haven't covered it, I mean, this specific panel, I think Starfinder actually got a lot of exciting announcements throughout the, the weekend, <laughs> and we haven't spent a lot of time talking Thank about you. it right yeah, now. Right. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, something yeah. that uh, from the reverse, instead of Starfinder taking a note from uh, Pathfinder, but something both me and Ryan was like, so uh, Pathfinder, you need to be taking notes of uh, Galaxy Exploration Manual because that book was so exciting and awesome that we I just can't really imagine running a Starfinder game without having that toolkit by my side anymore mm. going forward. It was like, it's the perfect little toolbox for how they like improvise planets and, and personalities and quirks and just having all this stuff ready and going to make my life as a sci-fi GM so much easier. And I'm sitting here going like, Pathfinder, well, you get one of these. <laughs> it's great. It's full. It's, it's full of, full of tables, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. I think that our, our, our game master, our Pathfinder game mastery guide uh, has really set up some amazing systems and subsystems uh, and to some great reviews and feedback, but I wouldn't call it a table heavy book uh and i think i think the galaxy exploration manual really leans into that idea of using tables to help you make interesting choices you know you can roll the dice or you can just pick something from the table and go for it i definitely when i i think people didn't necessarily know what to make of it until this weekend i think it's been a bit of a mystery and i think uh, people have really been excited to hear from from the starfinder uh panel what exactly is in this book. So that was really exciting to observe. Um, and how I've noticed how, how great it is for, if you wanna, if you wanna homebrew, if you wanna mm -hmm. uh, 
use Starfinder and be a homebrew GM, this is the book for you because you can you can take this to the stars. You can take this and just start exploring, start going out there, and and um, and really evolve a setting at whatever pace you want to discover it. Um, which is which is one of the advantages of Starfinder. It is infinite in <laughs> in its play space, whereas uh, Pathfinder is a is a particular planet and a you know particular landscape. Uh, more thoughts on on Gem on Galaxy Exploration Manual? Yeah, I actually John. just got my copy this weekend, and so I've been kind of flipping yeah. through it. And it's been uh, really exciting. I it's not quite in reach, otherwise I would I would grab it and show it. But you know <laughs> what it really strikes me of is is like kind of an old school like uh, you know you had like random uh, wandering monster tables and things like this, and you know back when you started RPGs, and now this is like if you want to have your players go out and, you know, they're going to do a heist or they're going to go travel to another solar system. This gives you a tool that you can very quickly build a very robust context for what they're doing and the society there, the type of social systems they have, the monetary system, the creatures, the, you know, everything that's involved. And it only takes a matter of minutes. And as was mentioned earlier, you can do this randomly or you can have all these pre-set up locales where your players are going to go and it's as a GM which is primarily what I do a lot of what I've been doing a lot of it at this uh, convention it's like that is such a useful tool it makes it so easy to just build out and expand your world beyond what the core provides you Indeed. Yeah, you don't want you know, just single note planets ahead, you don't right. just want well this is a giant ice planet and it's full of ice no you want every planet to be evocative and it's Starfinder. You're literally telling people, go anywhere. Here's this giant, expansive universe that you can explore. And if you're the GM that's not prepared to go anywhere when the players are, then you need a book like this or like the Deck of Many Planets that came before it, where it's just like, here's enough to not just improvise a description of the planet, but to fuel your creativity to show you where to go next. Indeed. And I... While I think this book is awesome for homebrewers, it's also good for people who want to play within the Pact Worlds setting, because there are plenty of planets that have already been discussed, and we know that those biomes, that, that, that biome section in Galaxy Exploration Manual will be great for, for giving greater detail and character options uh, to, to the planets and the system, in, in the systems we already know, in near space, in the Viscarium in um the packed worlds you know so that you can really detail some of those planets with with the galaxy exploration manual so right. i think it's going to have something need, for everybody and you're going to need to you're going to get the chance to really take advantage of it when you do start playing horizons of the vast because this is the book about exploring in space that's mm -hmm. the ap about exploring in space these two things are made for each other indeed indeed um, I think one of the other, you know, we've talked about Junker's Delight and uh, the first standalone adventure. So I think that's going to be really exciting. What, what I remember is that it's really designed to, to be played, um, with nothing but the, the Starfinder core rulebook. So I think mm -hmm. it's going to be, uh, you don't actually even have to have the alien archive. Uh, all the monsters are in the adventure. So... I think that's going to be really great for someone who maybe has started with the Starfinder beginner box and now wants to use those full rules and get to know those. Um, 
And what we learned is I, I don't believe there's any star uh, starship combat in Junker's Delight. It's all on the planet. But mm -hmm. then the standalone adventure after that, um, Locus One. Um, Liberation. I don't Liberation, have Locus Liberation of Locus One. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. Um, mm -hmm. That does include um, star starship combat. So so it's mm -hmm. we start to have a, a track for for beginner starfinders to to understand the game in a way that um, doesn't require an adventure path. It's the beginner box and a couple of standalone adventures, and I think that's really exciting for the future of bringing people into the game, making it accessible. Yeah. yeah. So Jason Keeley just ran a couple of members of the No Direction staff through uh, Troubles in Otari, which is kind of the Pathfinder equivalent of the follow-up adventure to the beginner box. And I like seeing these, like, it's multi-purpose adventures in that, like, you just describe the adventure of Junker's Delight, and it's like, well, that's cool and evocative and could draw people in, but it's also, oh, you are a new player or a new GM and you're looking for the next step. This is the one that's specifically crafted for you. You don't have to worry about too much content. You don't have to worry about the Starship Combat, which is kind of like the secondary system that the uh, Starfinder role-playing game system has. So I like that there's like not just a variety of, of really cool evocative adventures, but that there's a, a path that people that are getting into the game now have laid out for them. Indeed. And one of the things I've said about Starfinder uh, again and again is how strong the Starfinder Society is. And one of the reasons it is so strong is that it embraces this anthology sci-fi series aspect that the game can do so well. And, and now that we're going to start seeing these standalone adventures uh, that can give you a bit more meat when you have that standalone adventure. Because uh, as much as I love Starfinder Society, uh, you're still dealing with like one shots that are meant to be played within a four hour segment. And that's great and wonderful, but sometimes you do want a little bit more meat on the bone for, for your continued adventure or exploring something. And while that has been able to happen with Starfinder with um, like multi-part segments in the society aspect of things, um, Starfinder just hasn't had though that that middle tier of adventure that pathfinder launched with uh there was uh there's hundreds of standalone adventures for the original pathfinder and their standalone adventures coming out for pathfinder 2 uh pretty much from the get-go and starfinder it was either you have four hours of content or you have 40 hours of content nothing between Indeed, that's uh, one of the reasons why they've switched back. You know, I, I'm, they when they started the Starfinder Adventure Path line, it was every mm -hmm. other month. And then people said they wanted more content, mm -hmm. and so they went to every month. And that was greeted with a lot of success. But I think by looking at some sales numbers and by talking to players and about what they really wanted, and you're right, you know, looking, identifying some some gaps in, in what we could be doing, I think, you know, they decided let's go back to every other month and create things like the standalone adventures and and have something for multiple links of play. I think that's that's gonna be really great to to see for years to come. I think it's a it's a much more sustainable um, model that I look forward to just seeing all the diversity that, that everyone can access. You know, the other new product that uh, came out this weekend was the first Starfinder one-shot, Band on the Run. Mm -hmm. And you guys were putting in long hours, so I'm not sure. Did you get a chance to, to see it at all uh, in the evening No, in the I didn't get to see Friday night? That's something I got to look all forward right. to going back to and watching. Indeed. <laughs> well, I can tell you it was, it was hilarious. 
um, we had our uh, cast from our Troubles in Otari uh, live play and back to do to do uh, four hours of Band on the Run. Yeah. And it was I did get was, to see the full costume setups they came up with for this. They oh, I didn't even know about that. It. Yeah, see, <laughs> the wonderful thing about these these um, these one one shots are that they they come with pregens. Um, mm -hmm. So that there's four pregens, and so they all dressed up like those characters. Um, and of course, it was a band and music themed um, adventure. So they made big choices. And I think, and lots of laughter, so many giggles, so much silliness, so much, um, um, so they were uninhibited in just creating these songs and singing these songs, um, lots of bad poetry, lots of silliness. And um, I really think that's, I, I, I highly encourage everyone to go back and listen to Band on the Run. The cast was just great. Um, they, they've yeah. all been uh, working together quite a bit now over the last few months and have a great rapport. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it, I think it's, it, it's that, that one shot taps into the Starfinder silliness and zaniness mm -hmm. that is one very strong aspect of, of, of the, mm -hmm. those, the product line. Yeah, and and a good and a big shout out to the Dat Network. Uh, they in a in a crowded in an increasingly crowded space of excellent actual play shows. Uh, they are entertaining. Their characters are great. Their casts are wonderful, and they do do such a great job. And also thanks to their 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 so the uh, the network side of things, the two kings side of things of the Dat Network for helping run all of this. This is the least stressed I've been at a PazoCon in years. <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed it's been uh you know i have to say you know from wearing my paizo hat uh this paizo con that we presented to you was the paizo con that we envisioned this is that there you know there weren't there weren't technic i've i've been behind the scenes watching uh just about all the 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 tech streams uh the the seminars and uh, this is what we were hoping to bring to you this is what we did bring to you um it's it's and that's do be that's the reason for our success is two kings entertainment uh slash the the dragons and things network the dat network they go by many names uh they're but the, and small but mighty and uh, we're very grateful for their partnership in uh in this PaizoCon online 2021 uh and yeah I, they've helped us put together those casts uh in which we have our our, our one-shot live plays and our limited run 10 episode live plays that uh you've you've seen in the last six months five months uh both uh, the troubles in otari uh live play and then the scoured stars the starfinder scoured stars live play so um that's i think you know who, who knows what what 2022 will bring it will also have to be a, a hybrid it, it'll be a, a new thing other it, it won't be this it'll be a hybrid we'll uh we'll be back a memorial day weekend in in 2022 in in uh, c at a hotel as well as trying to bring you everything that we've learned from having PaizoCon online and that's going to be um an exciting adventure in and of itself. But I think we, we really uh, have made some great partnerships this weekend in order to uh, manifest that. Um, let's see, did you guys get to catch the Pathfinder one shot uh, last night? That was with uh, Glass Cannon. And also, okay, in that, in that game, 
that was our second Pathfinder one-shot. Um, the first was Sundered Stars, and now this is uh, Dinner Sundered at Wave. Lion Lodge. Or, you know, thank you. Did I say Scoured Stars? Yes. Um, I, I do mix those up. So the first Pathfinder one-shot was Sundered Waves, and now, last night, there was um, Dinner at Lion Lodge. And the ladies brought the cosplay. It was amazing. Uh, the gentlemen were a, a little more casual, um, and uh, but everybody brought great role playing and great comedy, and I think that's what we've learned with our one shots. I have noticed that, um, and I'm just monologuing here. Sorry, I've got some thoughts I wanted to share with everyone. But our society members, when they pick up one shots, uh, are really pretty efficient in their play style and uh, can cut through a one-shot in two, maybe three hours. Um, and when we, but when we produce these as entertainment shows and people sink their teeth into uh, the role-playing in a way and, and being entertaining for an audience, you know, it, it, it slows it, it slows it down. It changes the pace. Uh, it changes the it pace of the show. It extends it. It extends it. extends it. indeed. Thank you. Um, and so we had a bit of a marathon last night. Uh, the one shot went on for uh, quite a few hours. Let's put it that way. And um, <laughs> and uh, it was it was it was a marathon one shot. And and yet it was so entertaining and so mysterious and so creepy. Of course, James Jacobs was the the author. So <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> um, and uh, and I highly recommend everybody go check that out. We'll we'll start to have all of these seminars up on YouTube in the next week or so. It's going to take us some time to to, to massage the videos and, and edit them, but they'll be they'll be all, uh, available as a video on demand on Twitch um, the day after um, we broadcast, and then on YouTube. Uh, it, coming soon so make sure that you you catch dinner at lion lodge pathfinder one shot because it was epic role-playing um gentlemen are there any other thoughts of uh, seminars well, just that, on that, that note out? we're going to be releasing yeah. the seminars probably starting next monday uh we'll probably get them up to our patrons as soon as they're done but everyone else will get them two at a time just so that we don't overload people's feeds those one shots will not be part of the seminar coverage that's up to the no. actual play people and paizo to put it out on their own feeds but just i know somebody was already asking about somebody was asking when we were going to release paizocon seminars on our facebook page while we were in the middle of a paizocon seminar uh which <laughs> i appreciate their enthusiasm uh we are only human so we will see what we can I, I do about getting it up as hats. efficiently That's as possible. One hat too many. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yes. So you will find audio recordings of of the seminars at uh, the No Direction mm -hmm. website, as well uh, as also, an archive. Uh, Yes, the archive. That's one of the things I wanted to say. It's not to plug Katie too much, but one of the reasons that well, we love PazoCon so much and are, and are so passionate about doing this every year is because we've been doing this every year. Uh, if you are curious about any of the seminars uh, going back, the, the history of most PazoCons, I think starting at PazoCon 2, um, then you can uh, go back. Three? Okay, PazoCon yeah. 2010, as well as every Gen Con since the launch of path i think we have more gen cons than pazocons even um because it was literally the the day it launched is the first gen con we have recordings from 
you can go back and listen to all those seminars over on um, uh, nodirectionpodcast.com. There's a there's a convention coverage section, and it's just like all the conventions going all you know going all the way back. Excellent. And while we're talking about that, there's a couple of people that I do want to give a shout out to related to that. So Justin Sluter and Ryan Hiller are two people that are not part of the network, but regularly help us by keeping an eye on our recorders and uh, volunteer their equipment to help make those past recordings possible. Because I was showing up with one, two recorder. I was showing up with more recorders every year. And every year, Paisa was adding more rooms that there were seminars in. And so if it wasn't for Sluter and Hiller, we would not have had as much content as we had. And then, of course, there's also the KDCon team, like Randall, Alex. They were big parts of PaisaCon last year, Vanessa as well. And uh, Lawrence, basically, the entire network contributes when it comes to these convention coverage. It's our KDCon team, and it's become a major part of what we do as a network. And the team is always there to help out. So I want to give a shout out to them, as well as to Darren Kaldemeyer, the No Direction Network's official PaisoCon countdown correspondent, who regularly provides us with graphics to remind people that PaisoCon is coming up. And part of the reason that I get hyped for PaisoCon is because Darren sends me these regular reminders that PaisoCon is coming. And I just get uh, just flushed with nostalgia every single time they hit my inbox. Mm-hmm. And nostalgia and Excellent. also a little bit of anxiety when that timer gets way shorter than I think it is. What do you mean it's only 20 days till PaisoCon? <laughs> I think our first one this year was 100 days and it's like, already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, also shout out to Darren because I think Darren has been in the chat for every single seminar. He like He's right there right now. I don't think I'm a single seminar I haven't seen Darren chatting with everybody in in the uh, Twitch chat. That's amazing. Well, thank you to all the No Direction team members. I know there's you are legion, and uh, we really appreciate like 25 your support. Twenty five of us, if you count actual play cast members. There you go, twenty five. <laughs> That's amazing. I pre- we appreciate you. We really do. Um, I, speaking of a hundred days, I think we're actually about a hundred days out to Gen Con online. I was doing some math <sighs> in my head <laughs> last night. <laughs> it's amazing to think, um, that it's, uh, you know, 90 days plus a little more, um, three months, uh, three and a half months. So if there's a- anything that you, that you, we, we, we held a little back, uh, this, this convention because we know we have the, there's more that we want to share with you uh, of products that are coming out uh, later this calendar year and um, we also held back a lot of the announcements for the 2022 products uh, because it will be more timely to talk about them then so um, this isn't necessarily a wrap up but it is uh, just a heads up that in about 100 days we'll be we'll be back streaming to you uh, with Gen Con Live, uh, Gen Con Online, and, and with more exciting seminars, more exciting live play, more exciting uh, product announcements that you will not want to miss. Um, and I, but circling back to this this convention, I did want to shout out about some of the some of the seminars that I thought were super fun that you might not might not normally be on your radar. Um, the art. The Art of Paizo yes. this morning uh, mm-hmm. that started at noon was amazing. I mean, our our art department are, I don't know, I don't want to call them unsung heroes, but they're just not in the spotlight very often. And, you know, to some extent that's intentional. Their their work speaks for themselves. And I, I what I loved seeing was the, the huge fan base 
that came out of the woodwork to be in chat to, uh, to to ask all sorts of questions about our art from our art team and uh, sing their praises as um, what we had was a, a time lapse of of mm -hmm. Kent, our in-house artist, um, making a new monster right there uh, in front of our eyes. It was something he had put together. I think he said over the course of four hours, um, mm -hmm. and then he recorded it and uh, turned it into a time lapse to show everybody. And that was just one of the features of that panel. Do you guys? Did you guys watch that? Oh yeah, yep. we watched everything. Watched everything. Uh, we, we're we're literally <laughs> on standby for every panel, Aaron. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was absolutely like you said, fascinated as an artist who uh, uses these same tools. I watching how. Uh, your team was working in the Photoshop file, that that time lapse was infinitely mm -hmm. more valuable than even the live drawing we've seen before, because those are always, always really rushed. They, they only have about 45 minutes, but this was the full process from the original three sketches, how they decided which sketch to go with, how those sketches then became a, a more refined sketch, became a fully realized and rendered piece of art that I fully expect to see pop up in a bestiary article or something someday soon. Uh, and because it was that level of finished when it was done and you seeing like all the the the, uh, the hotkeys going off seeing the the pen move around in photoshop them answering questions like hey yeah we do all the rendering color rendering on one layer that's their technique and as somebody who would be interested in how the pros do art that's one of the best how a pro makes a publishable piece of art that i've seen and i look for videos like this daily yeah, and another Can't thing about it is that life. it got technical, but what's great is that it's technical about something they were passionate about. So if even if you're like me and you do not know art and you don't know these programs, just hearing them talk about them and like the clear love they had for the techniques that they use and their the process and just getting to share their thoughts on it. It was infectious. It was wonderful. Yeah, and letting them just pick some of their favorite art. Uh, in, in recent uh, months and just showcasing it for everyone was was really fun to just say, these are the things we were really proud of. Um, and we're going to show them to you now and tell you stories about uh, behind the scenes stories about them. So that was, that was great. I love the see. contrast on Once that. Once you get them like, talking here's... about their subject matter, they don't shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> I like the contrast for some of those choices because like, here's the horrible murder demon and here's Otter Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so... I like that they talked about the prompts that they used, uh, that were used to kind of generate the different art that they end up creating. So you could tell their creative process. So they were given kind of a basic outline and then they kind of built it from there. Then also Kent, as he was doing the drawing, one of the things that really struck me is he discussed the benefits of using different colors and how they would look in different media. So um, for the particular drawing that he was doing uh, in the time lapse, he could use some colors that he wouldn't normally use for print media because the way that the highlights would show and how the colors would look differently. And that's something is, I'm, I'm not an artist, but I do photography. And that's something I could really relate to kind of taking the context of where the picture was going to be into account when you were designing it. Yeah, I believe Kent's quote was, you'll see I'm making love to cyan, but it's because I never <laughs> get to use this. Yes. 
<laughs> also, yes. like as a as an artist, when he pointed out, I'm kind of using a bit of a cheat light here uh, because it's coming from the front and the right. It's like, yeah, like it works. It looks really good, but I never would have thought to do that because that's a lighting source that actually couldn't exist. But because it's being uh, going to appear on a printed page where the actual reader is going to have a light source at that location, then it kind of huh. makes sense for this art to be lit as if it was sitting mm -hmm. on that page. Genius. <laughs> That's great. Right. Because you've got probably have a book open and you know, the, the book mm -hmm. has light on it and there's light mm -hmm. in the room. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I, never was really, I really wanted, no, I really wanted to shout out about that one because that seminar was great. And then um, Tales from the Vault to look at Paizo's beginning years was mm -hmm. sort of a mm -hmm. kick in the pants as well. Not, you know, it really <laughs> wasn't about any kind of product per se. It's just, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the the longtime uh, founders, I suppose you could say, of of Paizo, uh, folks who have been with us a long time. You know, since the the early days, uh, telling stories uh, about about what it was like to work at Paizo uh, through the years, um, and so I think they had a lot of fun doing that. They were laughing a lot. Um, you can see you can see a lot of the camaraderie and the dynamics that. Uh, the drive Paizo uh, in in that panel, so I think uh, you might want to check that out sometime when you're just want to get a feel for, for the company. Uh, any That's kind other of a perfect PaizoCon panel because, yeah. like uh, Eric mentioned in it, there's like been three eras of Paizo of Paizo, sorry, and we're in the third one where we've got Pathfinder Second Edition and Starfinder still going strong and kind of evolved. And most of this was stories of like the first era and the lead up to the first era which is also like the Paizo audience. And so if you're going to PaizoCon, odds are you're not just a fan of one of the games, but you're a fan of the company and you want to spend time with the people that have been at the company and hear the stories of how this company defied the odds and really like bounced back from a lot of just uh, extinction level circumstances that could have sunk many other companies. And uh, I was talking about how PaizoCon 2010 was our first one. And we've actually got a video of my first PaizoCon where it's just a, a montage of... Uh, just shots I took. And I recently rewatched it and I was fascinated to see how many of those people that 12 years ago, I was like, I still recognize them. They're still a part of the community. This is great. I didn't know who that person was when I took this video. And now I've become much more familiar with them. And so Paizo mm -hmm. and its audience have both grown together in this direction over the last 10, 12 years. And so uh, having this look back at Paizo's early years was really a fun uh, and a great use of a seminar at PaizoCon. It also manages to ring a lot of the, the nostalgia chords in, in my Paizo fan heart that I didn't even realize I had because mm. I've been a Paizo fan since they took over the Dungeon and Dragon line uh, all those years ago. And I have those magazines like right here to my left. That they, They're some of my most prized possessions is my collection of the Paizo run of, D of Dungeon and Dragon because those magazines were so amazing in their hands, especially Dungeon. And to sit, them, to sit there and say, and them talking about, and that's when we started doing this. And I think we were working on this issue and I was just like, you that, that was what this issue was and hearing the backstory <laughs> of like i what i envisioned was going on to make these wonderful magazines happen compared to yeah we we, we ignore the empty desk next to you we don't know if we're going to make it like that i could not have imagined that reading this magazine that you all might not ever make another one <laughs> yeah yeah that was a really great walk down memory lane and um i 
subscribed to those magazines back in the day. A few of them must mm -hmm. be in my in my garage uh, somewhere. I need to see if, if if how many of them have survived. I haven't always taken the best care of those magazines, but I do know that in the warehouse uh, at Paizo, there's you know they still sell some of those old uh, Dragon and um, uh, Dungeon magazines. I think they're still for sale on 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 the store, and you can actually walk by a section of the warehouse where they've just got racks of of the old volumes of the magazines. And uh, I don't think they move much, but I'm sort of really happy that they're there. You know, <laughs> uh, I you were going to say, I really want, I want to give like this, the, this is something they didn't cover in the panel, but I think that the, it kind of bridges the two panels, a story about the magazines and moving over to Pathfinder that ties in here. And I really think the puzzle audience fans need to know about this is when the magazines were coming out and then the license ended. Uh, you all weren't going to have the magazines anymore. Um, and you had gotten this whole Pathfinder idea. RPG, not even in the cards. Nobody was thinking RPG yet. The Pathfinder Adventure Path modules, one of the gambits to see if to make the to make see if the company would even make it was and even you all were taking a bit of a loss on this, as I understand, is those uh, you allowed your Dungeon and Dragon subscription fans to roll that subscription over to the adventure paths, which is a big upgrade in what they were getting. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it paid, obviously it paid off because I, I'm, I'm, I've heard uh, in previous panels and in private talks about like, we didn't know if this was going to work. Uh, <laughs> we sure hope that they did it and I sure hope they rolled those subscriptions over and evidently enough uh, puzzle fans did because y'all still here and it's wonderful, but that was such a brilliant move. And it's uh, a story. I think everybody needs to know about how those two things meshed together to get where we are. Indeed, uh, there's a whole series of blogs on the Paizo website called Auntie Lisa's Story Hour, and which, uh, if you know, I think a lot of our audience might already know about this, but if you're new, you know, she has written out year by year sort of the history of the company um, as its founder and CEO, and uh, it's really great to go back and, and read those uh, and understand who the company is. Not too many not too many companies have that sort of retrospective on their website available for for new staff members and new customers and fans to dive into. So um, that's one of the things that you can access if you're curious about more Paizo stories. Um, I, I, I remember posting a link to Auntie Lisa's story hour in the Discord chat after after this um, the story panel. And I think that's one of the things that actually worked pretty well this year. Um, you know, we have these panels in which the panelists do, you know, have uh, varying, varying degrees of, of Q&A time. Some of them are Q&A panels. Some of them saved Q&A for the last five minutes. Um, and, but all of them had more Q&A and more time to uh, interact with the panelists on Discord uh, via text. Uh, and I think that was a really great way uh, in which PaizoCon Online could connect the dots between the Twitch part of the convention and the Discord part of the convention. And I, I think um, that's a success story that will continue in uh, PaizoCons to come. I, I can't imagine not doing that anymore. Um, I have a few... We're, we're getting to the point where we need to wrap up this last final seminar. Um, I, I do have some, some messages for you. Um, let's see here, Tanya, 
from Organized Play wanted me to make sure that I emphasized that the games on Discord are still happening, going on for the rest of the night and through Monday. So PaizoCon is not over. Uh, it's just that we're, we're shutting down our, our Twitch stream. Uh, well, the panel, not the Twitch stream entirely, but just the, the panelist portion of Twitch. Um, and so be sure to head over to Discord at paizo.events. That should send you to, to the Discord server, sign up, agree to the terms and uh, the community um, guidelines and start playing. Go through a demo or, um, you know, if you're an experienced player, sign up for uh, an organized play game. There's a lot to do there and there's a lot of volunteers standing by to guide you into um, playing uh, during PaizoCon because it's not over, it's not done. Um, the other things I wanted to do were just to mention the the discount code of 20% off Paizo published products. It's a one-time code. Uh, you can use the, the code PaizoCon 2021 at checkout. Um, so there's, there's that sale going on and it's not too late to take advantage of that. Um, the two one-shots that premiered this weekend, Band on the Run and uh, Dinner at Lion Lodge are both now available for purchase um, on our store. And also they're available through our VTT partners, Astral VTT, Roll20, and Fantasy Grounds, all have both of these, these one-shots available for you. And I don't think I made it clear earlier, but these one-shots are designed for VTT play. I mean, they come with, with a PDF adventure, the PDF pregens, and a lot of JPEGs, uh, so that it's just ready for you to drop into... Um, drop into the VTT of your choice or use one of use one of our partner uh, VTTs. So dive into those one shots because they're crazy fun and, and really great for like a night or maybe two of play. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention our humble bundle. Uh, we have a, a bestiary Pathfinder second edition bestiary humble bundle going on. Uh, now through June 10th, and that is a, a fundraiser for Stop Asian Hate, and also a great way to get a ton of, of Paizo PDFs at a great value. So go over to humblebundle.com and find the Pathfinder bundle, and you won't be sorry. It's amazing. Um, I think that's all I want to, to do in terms of housekeeping, except... I want to thank once again uh, No Direction for being such great uh, hosts. Uh, thank you to you and your team. Thank you to uh, to the DAT Network for being great uh, tech partners, and uh, thanks for, to all of our licensed partners who contributed um, prize giveaways on Discord over the last few days. That is continuing as well. Um, any other final thoughts, gentlemen, before we sign off? Well, TRDG11 in chat, who's been providing a lot of great comments throughout the uh, seminars, is curious about the game stream that's up next. And I got to say, I am too. I know it's run by Q Times and features yeah. Paizo staffer Linda Zayas Palmer, but I know nothing about the game. <laughs> it's going to be a surprise. It's going to oh. be hijinks and shenanigans. And yes, it will be from our friends at Q Times. It'll be live play. And yes, it will feature Linda Zayas Palmer. Uh, organized play managing developer and uh we're gonna roll right into that in the next five minutes so that's what i mean by 
don't worry about the Twitch uh, mm -hmm. Twitch programming ending. We're just ending the uh, the seminar portion of the sh of the show. Wow. We still have live play um, tonight, and then also tomorrow, uh, join join uh, Squiddish and uh, Two Perception for Old Debts Come True, a one shot adventure, uh, a one shot of adventures dealing with a stalking horror in the rural in the woods of Ustalov. And that is mm. tomorrow from 2 to 6 p.m. So we've still got live play ahead. But for now, we're going to sign out and sign off and say, see you next year at PaizoCon 2022 Memorial Day weekend at SeaTac in Washington State. Thanks, everybody. See y'all. Bye.